If you have been to Chinatown in San Francisco, you would have noticed the exotic architecture that appears to be authentically Chinese. It is a magical place constructed after the fire and earthquake in 1906. Did you know that it was designed by white architects in collaboration with some of the leaders of Chinatown to disguise the actual harsh environment? The curved roofs, pagodas, and ornamental ironwork were created in an effort to draw tourists to Portsmouth Square and disassociate the area from what they then considered unsavory. Oh, the lust for mountain gold brought us lusty mountain men who through lust for mountain women quickly lost their gold again. Queens of the Mines features the authentic stories of gold rush women who blossomed from the camouflaged, twisted roots of California. In this episode, we will finish the story of the true pioneer of San Francisco's Chinatown, whose story highlights important aspects of the role the Chinese immigrants played in America's largest migration, the gold rush. The preceding program features stories containing adult situations and may be disturbing to some listeners or anyone who may be secondhand listening. So, discretion is advised. Last time in Ah Toy's chapter, unlike many of the Chinese men from her homeland that had come as indentured slaves on ships, the exotic Ah Toy, who was meant to be a slave in San Francisco, now had no boss. All of the riches that were piling up night after night were hers and hers only. Thanks to a large bag of gold, many weeks of English lessons, and a business idea. All from the captain of the ship that she had boarded as a slave. Ah Toy, the first Chinese prostitute in San Francisco, was quickly the highest paid seductress in the new state. And Norman Ah Sing was not happy about it. Ah Toy had become used to the men in San Francisco staring at her as she went about her morning business while further decorating her room. On a trip to a silk merchant, she had just finished choosing the luxurious fabrics she would purchase to cover her walls. She noticed Ah Sing enter the establishment. She moved fast to pay the owner of the shop. Ah Toy had since learned that Ah Sing was the organizer and leader of the local Chinese protection ring, attempting to gain control of the Chinese community and become a millionaire. Ah Toy also wanted to become a millionaire and she wanted to do it on her own without the help of the high man. She had decided quickly 
to refuse to bow down to the patriarchal setup of this Chinese community in San Francisco. Ah Sing knew nothing. The merchant added up the costs of the fabrics and Ah Sing stepped closely behind Ah Toy, who quickly threw more than enough gold onto the counter. Examining the gold nuggets, the shop owner told Autoy that he could not accept the payment. It was fake. Autoy was furious. Was this Ossing's doing? As the merchant accused her of frauding them, she was forced out of the store. She grabbed the unacceptable nuggets and rushed home, humiliated. At home, Autoy shuffled through the tins that held her earnings and realized many of the nuggets were clearly not gold. They were in fact brass. The next morning, determined to do something about the problem, she hired a fellow Chinese man to stand at the entrance and weigh out the gold. She would never be taken advantage of again. Autoy stood in front of the judge in an apricot satin jacket with willow green pantaloons. Her long raven hair was in a gorgeous chignon with black pencil thin eyebrows drawn onto her white rice powdered skin. The young woman explained how she had discovered the brass and dumped a china basin that was full of the fake gold onto the table as her evidence. The judge asked her what service she provided in order to attain so much gold. The court gasped as Autoy told him they came to gaze upon her beauty. He asked her why she came to San Francisco, and she replied, to better my condition. The judge dropped the charges. Yet the reporters loved the woman, and in the papers, they called out the customers that Autoy had expected of the same fraud, putting their twist on the story and shaming the clients publicly. Autoy had become the first Chinese woman to represent herself in a court in California. Are you enjoying the podcast? Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It is so important. If you would like to contribute and get rewarded for it, check out our Patreon program. If you would like to make a one-time donation to help the Queens of the Mines in this crazy time, you can do so through Venmo to at Queens of the Mines or on our brand new spanking website, which you should check out no matter what, at www.queensofthemines.com. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Columbia Mercantile 1855. Columbia Mercantile 1855 is a reimagined, real working Gold Rush era general store in Columbia State Historic Park. A real working grocery store. She has toilet paper and paper towels and all the things you are looking for at a time like this. You can support local businesses there, such as Diesel Family Ranch, Inner Sanctum Cellars, Indigene, Culver's Apple Ranch, Gold Country Honey Farms, and Jamestown Olive Oils. There are also gluten-free, 
vegan, and dairy-free options. It feels like an authentic mid-19th century mercantile, but she has everything there. Hardware, garden, housewares, gifts, antiques. And you can support local artists by purchasing the original fine art there in her gallery. The Columbia Mercantile 1855 is a great place to discover a treasure trove of gold standard products for your modern life and keep our local economy moving. At a time like this, it is so important to shop local. Columbia Mercantile 1855 is located near the St. Charles Saloon and the firehouse in the most interesting building in Columbia State Historic Park. You may know it, the red brick building with its iconic green iron doors. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and remains open during the shelter-in-place orders. Located at 11245 Jackson Street in Columbia State Historic Park. Follow them on social media at Columbia Mercantile 1855. This episode is also brought to you by the Bright Orange Puppy. The Motherlode's answer to one-stop shopping are local artists and artisans. The Bright Orange Puppy showcases creators in the Motherlode from musicians to artists, photographers, artisans, and more. You can find the incredible write-up she did about me and the podcast there on her website, thebop209.com. And there you'll also find the Bop Shop, which has art prints, homemade bath and beauty products, home goods, jewelry, and more, as well as bright orange poppy branded merchandise. If they're not up already, I'm pretty sure you can purchase the Queens of the Minds prints on the site soon, if they're not already up. You can follow them on Facebook or Instagram at thebop209. If you are a local artist or musician and you want to make your goods or services available on this one-stop shop, you can contact Emily through the website. Please share the idea with your friends, especially in a time like this. Thank you, Emily, for supporting the Queens of the Mines, and I look forward to watching the bright orange poppy grow. Okay, back to the story. It was 1850. Atoy was walking towards the water where a ship had arrived. She had heard there were five Chinese women at the dock. She saw the smallest of the five women carrying her trunk behind Ah-Sing. She picked her skirt up and hurried to the other four ladies introducing herself to them in their native tongue. The women were more than relieved. Their names were Aloy, Asi, Ahlo, and Ahon. And back home in China, sex was not frowned upon in their culture, and they were here to become prostitutes. Aloy and Asi agreed to begin to work for Atoy. Alo and Ahon went on to be independent prostitutes. One month later, Atoy was able to move her growing business into a bigger house. 
Soon after, Autoy's home was rushed in the early morning by four men who tied her up and blindfolded her. She had recognized the men. They were members of a Chinese Tong, or gang, in San Francisco. Taken into custody by the Tong members, they told her that she was being deported and her passage back to China had been arranged. When the blindfold was removed, Atoy found herself sitting in front of Ah Sing, of course. She was furious, instantly loosening the ties on her wrist and drew a pistol. Ah Sing explained she was going back home where she belonged. Ah Toy was able to force her way out of the building by gunpoint and ran straight to the courthouse. The men followed her for a short distance and reported back to Ah Sing where she had went. He quickly got dressed in his finest. At the courthouse, Ah Sing explained to the judge that a man in Hong Kong had written claiming Autoy as his wife. Her husband demanded that she returned home. Ah Sing asked the courts stay out of this and let their community handle the matter in its own way. She explained to the judge his jealousy of her own success, earned without his assistance, leaving him no cut. Ah Singh was nothing, and he knew nothing. The community was in awe when Ah Toy won her first case on her own, the first Chinese woman to do so. The enthralling scent of Passionately Yours, Me, captures the thrill of new love. Warm and sensual, this enchanting Asian-inspired floral drips with fruits and musks. With notes of ripe nashi pear, juicy cantaloupe, passion flower, purple magnolia, pink dandelion, and luscious vanilla. Support the podcast by getting yours at uniqueproducts.com slash queens of the minds. That is y-o-u-n-i-q-u-e products.com slash Queens of the Minds. Back to the story. Ah Singh picked up the newspaper the following year in 1851 and scoffed at what he read. Last evening, about eight o'clock, we found Ah Toy in full chase after a suspicious looking individual who had the appearance of being a volunteer of the Indian War. The thief kept ahead for some time but Autoy was too swift for him. She seized him by the collar very much in the style of a police officer and demanded a diamond pin which he and his party had taken from her. The pin was valued at $300. Ah Singh set the paper down. It was going to take more than he thought to bring down this fiery woman. By then, Autoy had gained respect and undeniable success socially, politically, and financially. She now ran two boarding houses in a middle-class neighborhood at number 34 and number 56 
on Pike Street, as well as establishments in Stockton and Sacramento. That year, a vigilante crew of 700 native-born Protestant men was formed and their focus quickly turned against prostitution and foreigners. As the Frenchmen, Mexican, and Chileno were driven out, the persecution shifted to the once well-received Chinese. John A. Clark, the brothel investigator, fixed his mustache in the mirror at his home. Ah Singh had put in many complaints to the vigilance committee, who had, with his help, just deported Ah Lo and Ah Hon. Now, Clark had been tasked with deporting the uppity woman who had been dragging white men to court. Across town, at her Waverly Place home, Atoy had been watching out the window as a fancy white woman moved in. A hired man outside was painting a fresh coat on the white picket fence. Atoy called out to Aloy, asking her, What is our new neighbor's name? She looked out the window as the woman across the street stepped outside onto her porch. Ma'am, her name is Belcora, and she is the most successful madam in the state. Ah, Toy cringed. That was when John Clark showed up at her door. Aloy let him in, and Ah Toy went right to work. She knew exactly who this man was. It did not take long for Ah Toy to seduce the man who held the fate of her livelihood in his hands. John Clark fell in love with Atoy, and they had an affair that lasted over a year, and thanks to her alluring ways with Clark, Atoy's businesses were spared. Years went by, and Frank Soulet, who is a local literacy figure, had by then publicly blamed Atoy for the coming of several hundred Chinese prostitutes to San Francisco under her advice. Atoy had established herself in the business of importing girls for the local houses of prostitution and her own brothels. Establishing herself before the Tongs fully controlled San Francisco and creating the red light district there. There are records of Atoy assisting in building the brothel empire by going to China and purchasing eight women for $40 each and paying $80 per woman's passage, sometimes selling the women for $1,000 to $1,500 each to Chinese merchants and gamblers in California. When they arrived, the women were kept in an underground cavern called the Queen's Room, while other older retired women trained them. Some of these girls were purported to be as young as 11 years old, and most believed they were being brought to California 
to marry a wealthy husband. Atoy made a number of these trips and had been arrested and convicted several times for keeping a disorderly house. A crime the white madam across the street was never accused of. In the years following, the anti-Chinese movement ran rampant and there was too much pressure on Atoy. She finally withdrew from her business. She had become a self-sufficient woman in a country that was not her own, in a society where men dominated. She then sold clams and lived quietly off her fortune until 1928, when a death announcement of a Mrs. Autoy ran in the San Francisco Examiner. This true pioneer of the California gold rush had lived up until a few days of her 100th birthday. By the late 1850s, there were 681 Chinese women in California. 583 of those women were prostitutes. Like I had described when we talked about the cult of true womanhood in Luzina's episode, respectability was connected to the purity and moral authority of white women, and many of the prostitutes had been tricked, bought, stolen, or forced into the trade. White men had felt it was acceptable to ignore their religious and moral codes and fulfill their needs with women of different races, for they were considered subordinate. This is still happening today. Chinese women were stereotyped and singled out a Chinese Exclusion Act passed in 1882 cited Chinese prostitutes the main reasons behind the ban on further Chinese immigration. And all of this has left a lasting impression that remains for over a century. Queens of the Minds was written, produced, and narrated by me, Andrea Anderson. The theme song in San Francisco Bay is by DBUK. You can find the links to their music tour dates, merchandise, as well as links to all of our social media and research at queensoftheminds.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the Queens of the Minds podcast on an ongoing basis, I would be happy to discuss it with you. You can find my contact info on the website. Until recently, historians and the public have dismissed conflict history and focused more on the history that opposing beliefs could manage to agree on for some mutual beneficial end. Important elements that are absolutely necessary for understanding American history have sometimes been downplayed or virtually forgotten. If we do not incorporate racial and ethnic conflict in the presentation of the American experience, we will never understand how far we've come and how far we have to go. No matter how painful we can only move forward by accepting the truth. I am Andrea Anderson, and thank you for taking the time to listen today. Let's meet again next time on Queens of the Minds. In San Francisco Bay, San Francisco Bay, I swim most every day, I swim most every day, I'm the from the Golden Gate, I'm dying.
dodging. I'm dodging. I'm dodging. I'm dodging. They are always surprised. They are always surprised. That I'm saying it's alright. Saying it's alright. So water burns our eyes. I cry. It's natural. It's natural. It's natural. It's natural. toss your falsies because queens of the minds with unique has the answer for perfect lashes mood struck epic 4d one step fiber mascaras specially engineered two-sided brush interlocks fibers providing lash volume length and lift like you've never seen in real life just one coat gives you the unreal yet totally real lashes that pop check out the innovative Epic Lash Primer, and Esteem Lash Serum. And support this podcast and your eyeballs by shopping at uniqueproducts.com slash queens of the minds. That's unique, Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E products.com slash queens of the minds.